Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. Well, alarms are going off all around us. If you're listening to some of the credible news, you are hearing, as I am hearing, there are predictions that we're going to see food shortages, that this winter may be a dark winter. There may be some power allocations. There may be some power outages, even limited mobility. We may not be able to travel around as freely as we've been used to in the past. And for many people already, and probably even more, people are experiencing or going to experience loss of income. So what am I saying? As Christians, we're not to be scared by this. We're to be prepared. And that's what I want to address in this podcast. That is, we as Christians, that's what we are called. This is what Acts eleven twenty six. this is when we were first identified as Christians. We were identified as Christians because we were a special people. And we got our name because back in the days of Acts, the first century church, the community, the people saw the Christians and knew there was something special about them. They were impacting the world around them. They had a special power about them, and it was turning heads. And I believe today what we are about to walk into, God bringing judgment on us, and we're facing persecution because God's wanting to correct society. He's wanting to correct the church. He's wanting to correct sin, get it out of our life, get us back to living righteousness because of that. I believe God is really going to call us into who we are Christians. In this season, we know that we are going to have to be a people that is empowered and we walk by the Holy Spirit and that we're prepared for some suffering. We know that because the Word has already told us that, but we also know that because our physical eyes see some of it on the horizon. Now, what the enemy would want to do for Christians to segregate us, to destroy us, to render us powerless, to silence us so that we don't speak the Word and we don't carry the Great Commission But we have even a bigger mission, a greater mission. It is to rise up and, yes, share the gospel. But in everything we do, we got to be a witness. What is that? we got to exemplify Christ. And we have to come out of this mindset that Christians is just showing up Sunday for church and then going about living life because we know that we're headed to heaven. And that's where we're going to finally enjoy this peace. So what are we going to need to get through and to come through to truly be that witness, to witness our name, what we call ourselves as Christians. Let me address this just practically first and then also attach some spiritual preparation. I see with what's being told to us, if there are food shortages, then we need to stock up on some food. You need to determine what your family is going to need for a few months ahead. You need to stock up on it. But you know what, spiritually, While you're out at the grocery store buying this extra food, 
we need to also be aware that we need to feed on the word. One of my favorite scriptures, it was a Rima a long time ago, Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, your words were found, God, and I did eat them. And your word became the joy and the rejoicing of my life. See, through the scarcity of food, we don't have to be scared. We know that we can feed on God's word. And God's word is going to bring, it's going to remove the anxiousness. It's going to bring joy. It's going to restore that rejoicing time. Because I tell you, there is a famine coming. And we think of a famine of food and water, and that may be physically what's ahead of us. But there's a famine for the word, Amos 8, 11. So there's going to be a famine for the word of God. And so we need to learn how to feast on the word of God and be built up and nourished through God's word. Now, I'll tell you this, putting the practical and the spiritual together, when I fast, you know, and I go without food, and I focus on God and I seek spiritual wisdom or knowledge or understanding through fasting. What do I do? I feed on the word. I feed on that word and it takes my hunger, my physical hunger away. Why? Because my spiritual man is being fed. We need to learn how to do this in preparation that if there are lean times for physical food, hey, we feed on the word of God. You know, all these simple truths that we've been learning in church and Bible stories that we have learned, we've taught our children, we talk about them. I believe we're coming on a season now during these shortages, they're going to become real. Because why? God can multiply food. What is the story we learned in Matthew when Jesus had the opportunity to gather the five loaves of bread and the two fishes and he fed the 5,000? How did he do that? It was God. It was God that did that. And God multiplied the food. And God can multiply our physical food, just like he did there in Matthew. But we need to learn how to multiply to feed on God's word. Hey, because God is our provider. Hey, you remember when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness and they had no food to eat? And what did God do? He provided. He sent manna out of heaven. You know, these are stories and we know them and we believe them because, okay, they were written in the Bible. But God wants to make them real today. He wants us as Christians to believe that he is our provider. And if God needs to drop food out of heaven, we need to live as such a witness to our faith in Christ that if need be, during food shortages or scarcity, God could drop it out of heaven. And there are predictions that we're going to have power shortages. Shortage in the electricity. Hey, we may even be allocated the use of just a certain amount of electricity. I mean, who knows? But we need to be prepared. And hey, we need to be thinking about it. Do you have a generator? Do you have an alternate source to power your house? And do you have the fuel to put in that generator? If you have a fireplace, have you stored up some firewood? Hey, even as simple as, you know, you can take a clay pot and a candle and certain way that you put it together and it will produce heat and it can heat up a sizable room to provide heat 
if you get right down to it and it's necessary, you can go on the website and learn all these instructions. It's amazing what you can do on less. And we're going to learn to live on less. So prepare for that. Prepare if there might be a power outage, but also prepare to walk in the power of God. Increase. Offer yourself totally surrendered to God. Do it today, moment by moment, being filled with the power of God so that God becomes your power. God becomes your energy. God becomes your force. This is what Jesus said in Acts 1.8, that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. So purpose every day to be filled with the Holy Spirit and so that the power of God is flowing through your life. Hey, when the electricity goes out or the electricity isn't readily available as we would like, hey, you have some things to produce some light at night in your home and, you know, get the extra batteries that you need from the flashlights that you need for every room. Uh, Get the candles ready, you know, to provide that alternate source of light. But also know that God is our light. We say this all the time. A scripture, Psalm 119, 105, that God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we say that scripture a lot. We lean on that scripture, trusting that when we're in a situation that we need to know the answer to something, we need God's direction. We need our path to have some light on it. You know, maybe we're trying to decide which house to buy, where to live, what job to take, how to discipline a child. And we say, Lord, I need you to be my light. I need your word to show me what to do. But we are living in a day where I believe every moment, day by day, moment by moment, God must be our light. In every detail of our life, we're going to have to run to him and ask him, hey, how many extra batteries do I need, God? Holy Spirit, you enlighten me to what I need. How much extra food am I going to need? What is best for my family? Where does my family need to be right now? And what type of shelter does my family need? See, we're going to need spiritual light and we're going to need to learn even more. And we need to start right now, leaning more on the word of God and let the word put the light on the subject, giving us the detail, the direction that we're going to need. Also, during these times, we're going to make sure we've got good, safe shelter, good place to run, where we are protected, where we can hide from the enemy if you need to. This is what David did physically in Psalm 27 when the enemy was after him. He ran in a cave, a physical cave. That's where he hid from the enemy. But what did he do when he got in that cave? He made sure that he got in the presence of God, that God would hide him. He knew that staying in God's presence is where he would be protected, high above his enemies, so his enemy could not find him, his enemy could not harm him, his enemy could not touch him unless it came through God. What is that? That cloud of glory that God's presence brings, that when you surround yourself with God's presence, it surrounds you with such a cloud of glory. It is so thick and it is so bold that the enemy can't can't even see you. That cloud of glory can hide you from the enemy. And you stay in God's presence in there where you have peace and you're not anxious. You're not afraid. You're not fearful that the enemy may come find you, knock on your door. The enemy may force you to do something that's against your convictions as a Christian. Why? 
because you're protected in God's presence by this cloud of glory. And that makes me think, too, we need to make sure that we're strong mentally and emotionally. You know, if you're anxious about your future, if you're anxious about having this or having that, or even anxious about having enough storage, you're fearful of what the enemy may do to you. You're fearful of what the government may try to make you do. You're fearful of losing your job because you're standing up as a Christian. You're being a bold witness. You're not going to violate the Word of God. You're not going to violate your convictions as a Christian. Or maybe... You're bound up in some strongholds and they have a grip on you. I want to remind you during this time, going into this lean time, it is the truth that will set you free. Jesus came to set the captive free. So if during this time you find yourself in this habitual state of being fearful, being anxious, being caught up in some bondages, some strongholds over your life like addictions or fear gripping you or anger, you just can't get past anger or you've got unforgiveness in your heart and it's brought bitterness toward your family, your friends, the world around you. Use this time to come to God. God will rescue you from these chains of darkness. God will bring you out of this prison. See, sometimes in our own home where we think we are safe, and yet we're bound up with these strongholds, these addictions, this fear, this anger, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, those can put us in a prison. But it's the truth that will set us free. We have to come to the Word and believe the truth. And this is how we're going to be strong mentally to get through the lean days, the challenging days, the days of persecution, the days that we will suffer as Christians because of who we are, because we're going to continue to be a bold witness. You prepare for that. I've been studying the book of Acts and Acts 12. It talks about Peter because he was convicted. He was strong in his faith. He was sold out. The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit had fallen upon him. And he was simply going to do whatever the Holy Spirit told him to do, speak whatever the Holy Spirit told him to do. He was not afraid of the government. He was not afraid of the judges. He was not afraid of the crowds, the angry crowds that were against him, the religious people. He wasn't afraid of them. And so he found himself in prison because he was bold. He just did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. And in prison, as he sat there in chains and darkness, and people were praying for him, God sent an angel of the Lord to loosen him from that situation and to walk him right by the prison guards, to walk him right out of that prison and set him free. See, God can do that. Get a vision of that. When I read those scriptures and that account of Peter, I get a vision of that. And then as I get a vision of that, I believe that. Why? Because it's the word. That written word is the evidence that, yes, this happened in Peter's life. But for me today, getting that vision, it builds me up to know if God did that for Peter And Peter surrendered to God and walked by the power of the Holy Spirit, truly sold out to God to be his witness and didn't let the world sink him, defeat him. God can do that for me and God can do that for you. So even today and in this season, you feel maybe like you're a prisoner in your own home because of anxiousness or fear or strongholds that out of your disobedience, out of rebellion, 
going against the word of God. You've now found yourself trapped in some of this unnecessary anger or bitterness or malice or things like that. Spiritually, let the truth set you free. Let God cut the cords of wickedness, the cords off of you by taking ownership of your rebellion, humbling yourself, asking for forgiveness, confessing before God that you turned your back and went your own way and you fell into the prey of the enemy and let God open the prison door and set you free. And this will get you firmly established, what, cleansed in your heart, prepared spiritually, but mentally and emotionally prepared for the challenges of the shortages that are going to bring on us. So if you do find, we all find ourselves where we may have to hibernate in our home to hide from the enemy, where we are safe from the enemy, as David had to hide in the cave from the enemy, you'll find that you're not in a prison, but you're truly free. You are the one that is free. So I beseech you, deal with those now. Address those issues now. And there are people that can help you with that. And then, during these shortages, God shall supply all your needs. Now, here's another one that we say all the time, and we speak it and we believe it. You know, Philippians 4, 19. God's going to supply them according to his riches in glory. But we got to believe it. We got to believe it, that God really is our sufficiency. He really is our supply. And so you begin to trust him, trust his word. How do you do that? Act on his word. That right now, if God gives you instruction through the word, you act on it. You just simply trust. That's God supplying your need. And then God will walk you right into what you need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because we can truly depend on the fact that God is our sufficiency. During these coming days as Christians, as we're walking through leanness, shortages, and into sufferings and persecution, God is enough. He truly is. We say that all the time. But He is enough. But you know, in my 68 years of being alive, you know, I say that, but I haven't really met a lot of lean times, times of persecution. And in those times, I said, yes, God is enough. But I believe even more now that is going to be magnified in my life and in your life. So we must know that as Christians, God said he shall supply all of our needs. So he is sufficient to do that. Not the government. Stop looking to the government. Don't even go to the government to meet your needs. Why? We are Christians. What happened in Acts 2 when the first century church was formed? What happened with those people? They were so convicted through their confession that Christ was their Savior. And they identified themselves as Christians. What was it they said they did? They sold all that they needed to to help supply the needs necessary goods to help other people. They were willing to do that. They brought their extras for Christians that were in need. They sold things if necessary to help meet the needs of other Christians. Why? Because they became a community of people. They were strengthened by one another. 
not just spiritually, not by the word, not just by the preaching, but physically. When they saw someone had a need, they jumped in there. And as a community, having things in common, what was that? Christ. That was their commonality. And as Christians, they helped one another. And we're already hearing of people losing their jobs because they're standing for their religious conviction not to follow these mandates. People foresee, hey, more people are going to lose their jobs, lose income. And there are going to be a lot of needs that we as Christians need to prepare for. And I believe this is when the church is really going to become a church. No more money in buildings because buildings don't feed people. We're going to have to put our resources in meeting the needs, the physical, the necessary needs of the Christians, the people that have things in common. Health care. The church may have to gather medical professionals together to provide health care, necessary medical attention to people during this time because they don't have health care assistance. They can't get that. Maybe they're denied health care because of their religious beliefs. The church is going to have to rise up and supply these. They're going to have to be ready to do this. Why? This is what Christ called Christians. Hey, another thing, there may be a shortage of medicine. Make sure you inventory what you may need. If you have health issues and you require prescription medications, take a look at that. Evaluate that. Talk to your physician. Make sure that that is well covered for the coming days. Hey, maybe you rely on vitamins. You need to build up your immune system. Or maybe you, in these lean days, you know you might not can eat a well-balanced diet and get all the necessary vitamins and minerals, good nutrition that your body's going to need. So maybe you need to store some supplements. Find out what they are and get it done now. Hey, and also get healthy. Think about getting healthy. You know, even myself, I'm enlightened to this. I'm exercising more and making sure that I have more strength and we need all can increase our physical activity or maintain it. Just be aware of the things that are causing some of the health challenges today and address those through the diet. So many health challenges today, a lot of the diseases today, the underlying reason is inflammation. Well, look and see what kind of foods or diet causes inflammation and get that food out of your diet. Limit that intake. Decrease that inflammation. Learn how to deal with inflammation in your body, not just through the diet, but through exercise and, and protecting yourself. So focus on right now preparing those things. But I'll tell you, spiritually, you need to get stocked up on medicine. Proverbs 4, 20, 22 tells us we need to pay attention to God's word because God's word, feeding on this word, taking in this word, it becomes life to those that find the word. It becomes health to all the flesh. So as you're, you know, getting the right diet, the right foods, purchase so you can have a balanced diet and getting the necessary supplements. Maybe you need to supplement and build up your immune system. Whatever that is, don't forsake the medicine from the Word of God. Incorporate that into your diet. You need that because it is health. And I believe it's going to become even a greater source of health. And education. We as parents, grandparents, going to have to help educate the children. Hey, protect them from the indoctrination, the evil 
that has slipped into and taken over our public school system. And rather than surrender to that antichrist spirit that's ruling and teaching and indoctrinating the minds of children, we, the church, are going to have to take that back, either take it to the home and homeschool our children to educate them. The first place we need to educate them is in the Word of God. You know what? It's really exciting to think about it. All this extra frills, all this extra fluff, it's now faith. We're going to have an opportunity to truly walk our faith and live out the witnessing of what a Christian is all about. Because we have so enjoyed for so long in America the extra. And we've really been our own sufficiency, not God. I'm reminded this story, and I know you've heard this story, but the foreigner who came to America, toured America, and went back to his homeland and the people ask him, what was it that amazed you the most about America? And without a hesitation, he said, how much the Americans can accomplish without God. Now, I want to tell you something. You know, immediately, so that's pride. Look, look how well we are. Look how self-sufficient we are. Look how smart and intelligent we are. Look how industrious we are. But as Christians, it should convict us. It should humble us. It should cause us to see our pride and fall on the altar. So how can we do all this? Meet these physical shortages as we're walking into times of suffering, persecution, being silenced by authorities who want to desecrate God's name. How can we do that? Well, I want to share with you a rhema word that I got. And just this morning in my prayer closet, now I realize you're hearing this podcast several weeks after it's being recorded, but it's fresh to you and it's fresh to me. It was Psalm 50, verse 7. And, and I don't know, soon after I opened my Bible this morning, my eyes fell on these words. And it stopped me in my tracks. It was fresh. It was like a word, like something I'd never thought about before, but yet I really had. Does that make sense? Psalm 50, verse 7, it says, I am God. You're God. You know what? He's more than just God. He's my God. He's your God. If he was no one else's God, he is my God. He is your God. And I believe in these days, right now, we've got to understand this, moving into these days and take this Rima with us into the days ahead. We must know he is not just God alone. He's not just God. He is your God. He's personal to you in all the circumstances and all the directions and all the, you know, the going and the coming, all that you're involved in. He is personal to you. Get a picture of that. Get a picture that he is so your God. He is so personal. He is so with you. He is so just you and him that you see him sitting at the dining room table with you. See him sitting in the living room 
with you tonight. See him going to work with you and you pull up your chair to your desk and God pulls up his chair, the desk right beside you. Why? Not just because he's God. He's your God. Not just your God when you make big decisions or, or, or you're in your prayer closet or just when we see on our money in God we trust. Yes, we believe that. Or when we quote our Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God. Not just God, but He is your God. He is with you in every moment, in every move. So when the government tries to deny you the right to worship God, when He tries to remove the name of God, you just know that He is your God. When the government tries to shut down the church from meeting in public, you remember He is your God. And if you need to, have church at home. The government cannot take away your God. And this is a time when we know that God says, I am God that we have got to unequivocally know that He is my God. He is your God. And in that, move closer to the Father. Move closer into your intimate relationship with Him. Get more intimate with God, not just in a time of a prayer closet, but you and God, moment by moment. If your relationship perhaps has moved away from God and you don't feel as close, move back. Recognize your shortage of Him and know that He is your God. Now, I'm going to say something right here. And regardless of your spiritual maturity, whatever capacity that God is to you today, you're going to need Him to increase. Hey, you may be leading a prayer group. You may be teaching a Bible study. You may be leading a discipleship group. You may be in the pulpit preaching. You may be the lead singer in the choir leading the worship. Wherever you are, even me, we are going to need God, our God, to increase. We're coming into a season where this is a must. Whatever it takes, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to remove, anything that's unnecessary and unnecessary activities, unnecessary spending, unnecessary mental time, thinking about unnecessary stuff, we are going to need God, our God, to increase for each one of us. It's going to take humility. It's going to resist pride because we think, oh, well, I'm doing okay. So it's other people that aren't quite where I am. Or it's the other church over there. They need to get it together. Oh, no. Every one of us, we need to move in with more of our God. Stop thinking that we're okay, that we've got this. Because see what pride does, it opens the door for the enemy to bring you down. Even the best of the Christians. Well, my time has run out. And if you'll notice, the title of this podcast was How Christians Will Survive Not Only the Shortages, but the Sufferings. And so I want to finish into the next podcast. I apologize for carrying this over, but 
so much that we need to be enlightened to, but so much that we need to make sure that the word is guiding us so that we are prepared and prepared to be God's witness. So allow me to carry this over and continue so that we truly, truly please the Father in representing his name and who we are, Christians, in this upcoming season. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.